0: Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian. This week, I'm joined here by Dwayne. Sebastian, uh, closing down the season slowly but surely. We have two weeks, three weeks left of the year. Um, three weeks left of the year, two weeks of Delaware Union teams participating in tournaments. Yeah, it's crazy. And the, the weird thing is going to be, and I don't even know how we're really going to tackle this, um, but we need to figure out what we're going to do for our holiday plans, um, <clears throat> because we have <laughs> the podcast is going to come out on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. So uh, what? Are, might what be we record early. Yeah, we may have to. Um, either that, or we just you know maybe we do a we do a late drop on that Friday night of thirty first, and we welcome the new year with everybody. Yeah. Well, um, I'll be in Florida, so I have no idea what I'll be doing. That's true. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. And ultimately, we will still be able to provide you with the upside is, is that soccer doesn't stop in in the rest of the world either. So, you know, regardless yeah. whether we're in the holiday break or not, the MLS is going to be done this weekend. Um, you know, a lot of the leagues are, are taking some breaks. but Boxing Day the whole- showdown in the Premier League. Exactly. So there are still news to be had. Copa del Rey is going to start up again in January. When we come back from the new year, we are working. The marketing and analytics department is working on some new graphics for next year. 2022 is our third year of when we start. like, so we started the podcast in 2020. So uh, 2022 will be the third, you know, like calendar year, year, third year calendar year that we've been a part of it. So Every year we've had a different graphic and stuff like that. So this year it's going to be 2023 or sorry, 2022, not 2023. I don't know why. So 2022, we'll have a new, um, some new stuff coming up Uh, today. We're going to play a game um, or, well, you're going to play a game. I'm going to be the game master of sorts. Um, I'm not entirely sure if you're playing for a prize or not. You're just, you're just playing a game. Um, So. We are so uh you and I competed at a tournament this past weekend.
1: Yeah, we were at the Southampton Cup. Uh we we're getting scouted by some uh scout Southampton
0: so I'm I'm gonna scouts. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a little rant slash feedback. Um did you not have any scouts? No, I didn't. Um oh, and man. I don't and I don't particularly care about that. Uh what I do care about is the fact that um I had the referee, the referees were in charge of nominating who the best player of the game was. And I did not like that at all because you didn't get a player of the game. No, I, I don't even know because they didn't ever told us. Um, I but do you're know, supposed to get a shirt. Well, I don't think anybody got a shirt in my, on our field in our complex. Nobody got shirts. Um, what I do know is that in one of my games, the referee stopped in the middle of the game with five minutes, not in the middle of the game, with five minutes left to go in the game and asked me for one of my players' name and number, jersey number, because they may have been nominated for player of the game. And then with like two minutes left to go, decided to do the same thing to the other team, but never stopped the game. So for like a minute or so, we played without a referee. So my okay. feedback... To the tournament is to not and I and I'm gonna I am going to send this in an email to him is to not have the referees nominate. I don't think in a world where we already struggle to find referees with experience, I don't think it's fair to put them in an environment where they now have to go and watch something else on top of having to keep everybody safe and upholding the laws upholding the laws of the game. I, I don't know where that fits in. It doesn't really seem like they're the people that should be the judge of who the best like you're focusing on the wrong thing. You should just be focusing on the game in general, not trying to figure out who the best player is. So who, who picks? I I would say the coaches would.
1: Uh, I wasn't <laughs> focused on who the other team's best player was either.
0: But but that's also because you weren't told that ahead of time, right?
1: I mean Granted, when you don't get the results, not going your way, you're trying to fix other problems. I don't care who the best player is.
0: No, but that might be something that you could say. Let's say, hey, listen, you know, we're going to, you know, can you nominate a player? Right. And and that's fine if you tell me that ahead of time. I don't I don't think it's fair if that's really the important like now. So I don't really know why it's important that we have to nominate the best player of the game. Like, I don't really know the point of that either. But anyway, so if we we really need to find out who the best player of the game is, let's not put on the referees. I think there are other ways we could figure this out. Um, Maybe we do an applause meter thing at the end. Everybody lines up and (laughs) the parents apply.
1: Now that that would be (laughs) awful because you're going to have that one section that shows out for one kid who's going to get it every time. (laughs) <laughs> that
0: would be pretty funny that all of a sudden breaks out in fights on the sideline with the
1: parents. Well, then it's going to be a competition of how many family members can you get to the game
0: but see now all of a sudden we have more people at the games now we got crowds
1: then they're going to start charging for spectators
0: <laughs> well in Tennessee they used to charge for parking everywhere you went that's why no matter where I traveled I used to have my coaches pass on there so that way I would always say I'm a coach can't charge me for parking
1: uh, that, did, that didn't work out too well for me at one of the complexes around here. No, nah, I'm on you the boot had, list.
0: You had the boot anyways.
1: I'm on the boot list. I got to take <laughs> someone else's car down there.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Um. So yeah, so we're, you know, the, our girls team on, oh, big shout out to the old four boys who competed really well at the PA classics uh, boys showcase in the top bracket. They did really well this weekend. Um, and the O3 girls, our high school girls team is going to the girls showcase at PA Classics this weekend. And then uh, our O6 boys will go next week to the EDP Maryland showcase. EDP South Atlantic showcase. South Atlantic showcase. There you go. Thank you for giving me that. <laughs> Who's going to be there? Who's going to be there? Duke University. Duke University is going to be there. Look at that.
1: <clears> There's <throat> one Duke University. So. You go, it's time to put a good session together, Dan Simmons. Great, let's let's go. Soccer, that wouldn't be Coach Nick. Dan was the, I think, Dan's the trainer. I think Nick's the coach and Dan's the trainer. He got he got relegated. (laughs) He just runs the training sessions. (laughs) He got some new, he got some new gear
0: though. No, so he's happy. (laughs) There you go, that's good. All right, uh, let's move on to the MLS playoffs. Um, So I I don't
1: talk about the MLS. Let's talk about the Western conference first.
0: (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about the Western conference first. I mean, what do you want to talk about Portland Portland coming through? Yeah. Without their best player.
1: Yeah. And taking down this rolling train of real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake was rolling man for a little bit. So I think a lot of pressure, was actually on Portland to beat Real Salt Lake, right? Like, I mean, Real Salt Lake seeding, came
0: in. Real Lake came in
1: as a seventh seed, right? Even though the, you know they're the seventh seed in Portland was the second seed, mm-hmm. right? No, Portland was the fourth seed. Fourth seed, like that's even even closer. But I think a lot of the pressure is on Portland because Real Real never had anything loose. They were just there, and happy to be there. I mean,
0: they made it in in the last weekend of the. The last weekend of the season, so they were it's just no pressure, just keep winning. Yeah, I mean they beat Sporting Kansas City in the last in the last game of the season, and that's how they make it in. So I mean that's ultimately what ended up happening. But so yeah, so good for good for Portland. So now they're they're going to host.
1: That's a tough place to go. Granted, you got to travel three thousand miles to the West Coast, probably. the furthest maybe seattle's oh, i guess vancouver would be the furthest yeah but that atmosphere that stadium is crazy like you got the guy with the, the lumberjack
0: the lumberjack trying to, to uh, bring down lo- or what is he cutting logs cutting logs <laughs> so yeah, that's tomorrow at three o'clock against new york city fc wow I, I'm. I listen. I. I think the Philadelphia Union ultimately did a good enough job with what they were handed. Right. They. They ended up with losing eleven players, seven starters, lost the entire back line. All of a sudden, you're starting with a center back that hadn't played all season, who's thirty five years old. Like, got experience it, though. Yeah, experience sitting on the bench all year. He won the MLS.
1: Didn't he win the MLS Cup with uh Kansas City?
0: Yeah, when was that?
1: Kansas City won the MLS Cup?
0: Maybe. Colin, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's been at the Philadelphia Union for the last two years and he's played a total of six games. So that's not, I mean, he was at Sporting Kansas City from 2011 to 2014. So that's seven years ago that? that? Uh, seven years ago, he was twenty-seven years old. He's the MLS Cup MVP. Yes, yeah, seven what years ago. It. Good, yeah, good for him. I mean, seven years ago, Barcelona was still on the top. We'll get
1: to. We'll get to. That. Yeah, you, you need a guy like that in that team, especially with I, the. Like, I'm not the saying. Up, I'm not know?
0: saying you don't. What I'm saying is that, like, considering the cards were stacked completely against them, it's a good enough result. I mean, Jim Curtin should have just called Mark, right? Might've. Yeah. Um, you know, Brendan,
1: can you, uh, help us out?
0: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it was weird. Uh, it's disappointing the way the second goal comes in. I feel like there was a little bit of a miscommunication there. I feel like it should, should have done better. Um, but ultimately, you know, New York City wins. As soon as they score the first goal, they park that bus, man. Oh, yeah. You're not, you're, I mean, and yeah, you just weren't going to beat them. I mean, I think you just park the
1: bus after that first goal, and you just yeah, but- <laughs> you try to beat us launch balls in the box, but yeah, whatever. I mean, that kid that scored the goal is supposed to be like the real deal, too.
0: Yeah, and he hadn't played a whole lot. He'd only come in a couple times. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: he came in for a few minutes uh, in their first in the game before this. Yeah, but yeah, he apparently he's supposed to be the real deal from Brazil. So we'll see. That kind of shoots up his trajectory. Mm-hmm. I mean, NYCFC was down their best player too, the Golden Boot winner. So they were. Yeah. I mean, that kind of not saying that neutralizes things because they didn't, they weren't down a but 11 it stars. levels
0: up, levels the playing
1: field a little bit more. Yeah, That was the playing field. Yeah. I mean, you take out Andre Blake, you take out their top goal score. It's like, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah. So we'll see what that looks like tomorrow, three o'clock. We'll be, we'll be watching. Um, all right. So moving on to the Champions League because that was a big topic of conversation this year or this week. So nothing really changes in group A, right? So City goes in top 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 of the group, PSG goes in second, Leipzig goes in third and goes to the Europa League and Bruges is out. Here's was here was Morning the Bruges man. Huh? Bruges was the Bruges looked good at the beginning of the Champions League. They did. They did. Um and now comes the, the group B, which is the absolute like craziest group. Obviously, Liverpool being at the top of it, but Liverpool goes down early um, to yeah, Milan. Milan started winning the game. That was long. Thirty-three year old. That was short-lived. Short-lived uh, until Liverpool came back and ended up winning the game. And then Atletico Madrid ends up just beating Porto um, 3-1 in a crazy game with a lot of fights, a lot of red cards, motions running wild. And all of a sudden, Atletico Madrid, with only two wins, uh, one of two teams to make it through this year with only two wins, um, gets in to the the next round. You know, and... in that game or like during that
1: period all of the teams were in second place of the group at one point so liverpool was the top team but all of the other teams were in second place with the result like the way the results were going so like milan was in second place when they went up and then like who did I go play porto right yeah porto was in second place at one
0: point yeah, Mid- it, it moved. A, it moved a lot. It moved a lot. It was kind of crazy how it was happening. Um, That's crazy, though. It just shows you how tight
1: that that battle was for second place.
0: Yeah. Um, it and then the next one, um, in Group C, Ajax obviously won the group, um, and then ended up winning their their last game against uh sporting four to two uh dormant um you know disappointing they were close don't get me wrong they were really really close they needed to win by they needed sporting to lose by more than two goals and then they needed to win by six or somewhere along those lines that that needed to happen and ultimately it doesn't it's the geo arena effect. It's still dormant still scored five goals, which is crazy. But, then another group uh Real Madrid ultimately makes it in, Inter makes it in. Sheriff going to the Europa League.
1: Payday, payday, payday.
0: Um the disappointing one. Man, I just Yeah, it's Benfica goes in second place. Uh Barcelona goes in third place goes to the Europa League. Some
1: quality teams in the Europa League this year.
0: There are a lot of, yeah, yeah.
1: Europa League's actually, not would say that the quality is always bad, but there's some, I guess, some top tier teams playing in the Europa League this year. Yeah. But like, you think about West Ham, what they're doing this year, they're in the Europa League. Um, Dortmund, I to Sevilla dropped down to the Europa League again, right?
0: Yep. Atalanta's going to the Atalanta's going to the Europa League.
1: Sevilla's going back to that dynasty. <laughs> Gotta open up as the early favorite.
0: I mean, right now the early favorites in the Champions League are Bayern and Liverpool. I'm not entirely sure who else is taking them out. They're just but um well I get I think it's time to welcome our guest. Uh <laughs> Mike is in the podcast coming in right now. What's up, Mike? hey sorry (laughs) you're you're
2: good no worries it's all good get those last minute phone calls you get stuck on the phone (laughs) hey hey you
0: you are an important person so your phone calls take priority he
1: was making (laughs) snowflakes as you
0: can see in this background
2: (laughs) he's working smart you like my holiday decorations
1: working on some art
2: That's it. I was, you know, I was doing just a little, I was doing the uh a little bit of origami. That's why I was late. So I apologize.
0: You were in a Zen mode, just Zen mode, (laughs) origami, Zen mode, just (laughs) meditating.
2: Um
0: so uh group G, uh Salzburg makes it through. I'm so happy that Salzburg makes it through. And I'm happy that Lil makes it through. So there's Americans going into the next Americans going through. We're, we're, I mean, we were counting on Sergio Des playing in the next round of the in the Champions League. That's not going to happen. So
1: he's now the low man on the tote pole. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, and then um, U of A, Chelsea making it through with Zenit and Malmo. Well, Zenit going into the. More Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's, I mean, so far, so good. I'm excited for it. Um, I'm excited for the, I mean, the Europa League, obviously. It's it's going to be good. The crazy thing, I think, is the fact that, like, the... the so, I didn't realize this ahead of time, but the third-place teams from the Europa League go down to the Conference League. So, we just so keep spiraling to, down. But well, you have to play the second-place. <laughs> so yeah, because the top teams in the Conference League have a bye into the round of 16 already.
1: So, the third-place teams in the Europa League have to play the second-place teams in the Conference League. So, this, so ultimately,
0: reality is we don't really know anything until Monday. February. Well, no, Monday. Monday the draw comes out on Monday because then we have to figure out what happened with the Tottenham Rens game because that game never got played, and now Vitesse is mad because they feel like they should get the points or that Tottenham should be forced to play with however many. It's just, it's crazy.
2: It's crazy. It's absolutely insane.
1: All I'm going to um, say is, Brendan Rodgers came out and said, I have no idea what the Europa Conference League is. I'm just going to show up and play.
2: Oh, my. I heard that, and that was hilarious. That was, <laughs> that was hilarious. I was, like, I was like, that's a great point. That's a really good point. <laughs> Jamie Vardy just keeps keeps
0: getting. He's, he's on his world tour.
2: Amazing. <laughs> he's about to travel to some different places that he's never been to before. I mean, at You're some point. Fight, where are we going? like as a, as a as a team at some point don't you just like when you fall out of a competition just want to be out like, yeah why maybe? am i still in i thought i lost it's like nope. it's like it's like groundhog day of mediocrity
0: <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance i can still play it's like in tennis right that you go to the losers like the losers round if you lose <laughs> you just keep going down the spiral um but hey sure. If, everybody's
1: guaranteed three games, right? It's just like a tournament,
0: <laughs> like a tournament. But see, the way I look at it is now there's a chance because I'm assuming they're going to have, right. So now that the conference league is on. So there's that super cup, the Euro, you, you know, that the winner of the champions league with the winner of the Europa league play each other. So now is it going to be the winner of the Europa league with the winner of the conference league play? And then that whoever wins that game now plays the winner of the champions league.
2: No, it's, it's, um, the winner of Europa plays the winner of Champions League, and then the winner of Conference League plays the winner of Jeff Cup. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: why we went to the Southampton Cup this weekend. That's what it was for. That's what the Southampton Cup. Ah uh, man, if we would have won the Southampton Cup, we would have won in the Conference League. We
1: got some good money too.
2: Yeah. But right.
1: Here's the real question: Can you put? In theory, you could play in all three competitions in the same year.
0: Mm. If you don't, if you don't make it to the Champions League group stage, right? You yeah, play in a yeah you can start. You can start in the qual in the qualification for the Champions League. Then go from there to the Europa League, Europa League. Then lose in the Europa League. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm sure there's a team that's done that's done that. You know, let's see where. You know, when ch- ring- <laughs> you
1: say there's a chance you could play in all three, hey, we played in all three competitions in the same year.
0: Where did Sparta Prague start? Where did PSV start? um Fenerbahce might have started in that. You know, crazy, Yeah, there's there's a chance, um but all right. Well, Flying before Jackson. we get to before we get to our game, and I'm excited because now there's a, comp- there's a yeah, competition for the game that we're gonna play. Um, uh, Mike is here. So Mike, let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, let's do a little recap of your 21 season and let's talk about your, your class of 22, uh, that was just announced recently.
2: Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, do we have to, uh, <laughs> we can 20... talk about just your cl- your 22 class. Uh, no, you know, I think, I think it's healthy to, you know, talk about talk about all of it. I mean, it's, it's, it's super easy to talk about things when you're really happy with the way that they go. Right. And then it's a lot more difficult to talk about it when you know that you've probably taken a step back and that you need to, you need to get back on track. And I think that's where we are right now as a group, I think, you know, we had really linear progress going through that, you know, from the time that I arrived at Delaware going through that 2019 season, and then, obviously, we had you know this this pandemic takes over all of our lives, and uh, soccer becomes really secondary. Um, and then we get thrown back into this thing. And I think all of us as competitors, we hope that we just continue on that linear, progressive track. Um, and you know, f- with our group and and with the way that our our roster was formed, it just wasn't it wasn't realistic. You know, we we lost a lot of players after that 2019 season we had a lot of development that we had to go through that got stalled. Uh, And then we had a lot of young players come into the program that never really got an opportunity to, uh, to train. And um, I think when it hit me was probably last spring when, when the NCAA had us go out and start playing some games, what they deemed to be meaningful games in the spring. Um, And I realized how much work we had to do as a team you know, when we were now competing against other teams for the first time in, you know, uh, over a year. And uh, and I realized, man, we have 19 kids on our roster right now who have never had a college spring season. Um, and, you know, three classes, our freshmen, our sophomores, and our juniors, none of them had had a college spring season at that point. Um, so it was a um, – it, it was – it was a tough season from the sense that we had, we are always going to have high expectations of what we want to accomplish. You know, I have my goal here is to do nothing less than compete for, um, to be in you know the top tier of this conference and compete for conference championships. And I think that that is what every coach at every team should be, should be shooting for. And I think I'd be setting, I'd be setting the kids up to fail if I, if I didn't want to be, didn't want this program to be the best in the conference. Um, but we just, we, we were not ready to do that this year for sure. Um, you know, I think there's a multitude of reasons of reasons why, and I spoke about a few, but, um, you know, are there things that I could do better with the group? Uh, for sure. No doubt about it. I mean, I think that this season for me was in in about 20 years of college coaching. Um, this was as much a learning experience for me as I hope it was for, for everybody else around the program too. Um, you know, trying to navigate things back on course after after a pandemic is (laughs) I've I've coached for a long time, but I've never done that. So um, so it was, yeah, it was difficult. It was challenging. It was it was uh by far the most mentally and, and emotionally draining season that I've had in my career. Um and uh but what I will say is I think the things that we need to accomplish, we they're all they're all it's all in front of us right now. You know, this spring season is going to be such a critical piece to our team's development, um, because we just haven't had one in forever. Um, so I'm really looking forward to having an opportunity to get out onto the field and train and train the team and develop our group, um, prior to fall of 2022. You know, it's, it's a funny thing, man. You know, when you look at the actual amount of like real training sessions that we have in a championship season in a fall segment, you know, realistically you're training on like tuesday and that's pretty much it Uh, because you're off on monday you're deloading on wednesday because you play thursday friday's a recovery day saturday you can't go heavy because you play again on sunday um so when you talk about meaningful training sessions you know maybe you'll get 10 to 12 meaningful training sessions in in, in an entire fall season and when we go into this spring we're going to be training five days a week monday through friday and and we may have some exhibition games sporadically placed on weekends over the course of the spring, but we could get 10 training sessions in, in our first two weeks of the spring uh, where we don't have to worry about deloading um, where we can really kind of put our nose to the grindstone and learn what it means to, to work at this level. And, um, and so I'm really excited about that because I think what our team needs, we're, we're, we're about to get this spring. Um, you know, we have a talented we have a really talented group. I think it's a testament to how talented our group is that um, we probably didn't come in for the season as prepared as we needed to. And we were still able to be competitive in games and all the way up until the end of the season um, because we just we do have some natural talent on this team. What we need to learn is we need to learn college-level uh, preparation and college-level work ethic. And, um, and unfortunately, those are tough things to learn in the fall because they're repetition based things. And, uh, you know, so we need to learn that in the spring. Um, so I'm, I'm really, I'm not, I'm not thrilled. Obviously nobody wants to come off a season where you feel like you underachieved. Uh, and we certainly did this year, but I also, I own that. Um, and all we can do is go into the spring, learn our lessons and, and work on what we need to get better at. And, um, you know, I think we have the right kids for sure. Um, you know, we have the, the appropriate level of talent, uh, and and we'll be fine. I mean, I I do think that. I think I am probably the calmest head coach of a losing program right now in the country. <laughs> uh, because I know that I know that it's not a talent issue for us. It's not a um, you know it's not a character issue. We'll, we'll we'll be fine. We just need to we just need to train. We just need to practice. We need to build really consistent habits. Well I
0: think I think two things stand out to me. One is the the idea of self-reflection. It's a topic of conversation that we've had a in the podcast and B with with you when you've been on as well. The idea of vulnerability, the idea of opening up and admitting to the you know when when things don't go wrong, it's okay to say, listen, you know, there's things that I could have done better or here are the things that I'm looking forward to. Um, so that stands out. The other thing that stands out is the fact that it's it's things that you in theory have some control over right so it's it's not a talent issue it's not a it's not a character thing it's it's really just you know that that work ethic or understanding what the work ethic needs to be and I think you know the upside is that you have you had a lot of freshmen and even though that was that was hard this season i think it's also the upside to you have a you're, listen there's no better learning opportunity than with your back against the wall to try to figure it out and then ultimately right it's easy to come in and to a certain extent um you know be on the winning team as a freshman as a freshman right so it's it's a lot harder it builds it's going to build you up for now those tough games that that freshman class will hopefully have that foundation to say anything else like that gets thrown at us from now and then until we graduate is easy in comparison to what we can experience that freshman year
2: yeah yeah for sure i mean i I think the hardest part with trying to build and you know, myself, my staff, we've been through this once, like when we first got to Delaware, right? We, we, we built, uh, up to a a pinnacle in 2019. That was a, a great year for the program. Um, and, and now we're in a position where we have to do it again. Um, and that's, and that's fine. You know, everybody, everybody across the country is coming out of COVID in different ways. I mean, going into this, season would you would anybody have imagined that you would see an NCAA tournament without Texas A&M or that UCLA and UNC would get knocked out in the in the first couple of rounds of the tournament i mean everybody has adjusted to this thing in 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 different ways um and we are certainly coming out of it in in the situation that we're in and we need to uh and we need to grow and learn from this i think the the hard part and the tricky part for our young kids is going to be um, when when you have success it's real easy to be on the train and keep and keep riding towards more success. And when you, uh, don't have success there, there you start to hear a lot of noise, right? Like I even hear it, you know, where people are like, Oh man, you know, is, is, is Mike doing a good job at Delaware? And, and, and so there's noise, all, there's always going to be noise when things don't go well. Right. Because everybody is always going to have something to say when you don't win. Um, I think the trick for these young kids is going to be learning that, you, you have to stay, you have to stick to the plan, you know? And if you have a plan in place and it's a good plan, you stick to the plan, you stay the course, it's not gonna happen overnight, it never does, um, but it's gonna be worth it in the end. Uh, because I, I do think we're in a tricky um, era right now with uh, instant gratification, where like we want we want things and we want them now. And if something's not going well, then you fix it because you need to get that result now. And, uh, and honestly, that's just not the way things work in real life. You know, you you have to, it's, it's, you got to put in the work, you got to stick to it. You got to know what you want to be. Uh, and you really got to tune out the noise, um, and kind of just, you know, stick to the plan that you have in place. And so, um, I I think for me personally, Sebastian, the one thing that I think that, that I feel like I have going for me is I've done it my way before and I've seen that it works, um, So I, I have been fortunate to have had a, to have a a history of success in my coaching career where I can look back on and be like, I know this, I know this works. We will get through this little bump in the road. Um, and you know, the unfortunate part for my players is we are a very young team. So a lot of them were not on this team in 2019 to see that, that, that works. Um, all they're seeing right now is what doesn't work. They need to stick, they need to stick to the plan. Um, And, uh, and I think we have the right kids. I think they will, I think they'll see this through. And I think, um, when they get to the other end of this thing, they're going to be really happy that they, that they stuck with it because I think they'll learn that life lesson that the best things and the best things that you get in life are the things that you work the hardest for. Um, so yeah, no, we'll, we'll get to where we need to be. I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. Um, I'm just, honestly, I'm really excited for this. I don't know if I've ever been as excited for a spring season as I am for this spring, because, uh, I, I'm ready to start making progress in the right direction for sure. Good. Awesome. Well, let's talk about,
0: let's talk about uh, some of these nine, nine uh, new players that you have coming on Yeah, class of yeah. 22. So, uh, so yeah, let's walk me through, walk me through the, the, the nine players that you have coming in. Cause I'm excited for this. That this is going to be, I was reading this and I, I think I texted you and I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, this is like, give me the season tickets now. Like I'm yeah. going,
2: <laughs> it's a good class it's a really good class i'm really excited about it i think we have a, a really great mixture of um it, different types of players uh positionally uh style of play uh experience for sure i mean it's a it's a diverse group it's a diverse group in every in every sense of that word um so um so yeah where do you want me to start you want to give give me the name and then i'll tell you a little bit about each player and how they're how they fit in
0: let's talk about your goalkeeper coming in
2: Ha, Odie. Yeah, <laughs> Odaliana Gomez. Um, this is a kid that has probably as much potential coming into this position, I think, as anybody that we've recruited. We have obviously a history of success in that position, so I think we've had three. Well, I think we've had three All-Conference goalkeepers now um, in the program. Um, you know, I think we do a really good job developing goalkeepers here. Um, so I think for anybody who's serious, especially in that position. Uh, this is a great place where you can come, you can learn, and you can leave a better goalkeeper than when you came in. Um, I think Odie is going to be, you know, another in a long line of great goalkeeping. Um, she is super energetic. She's a kid who's really good with her feet. She's very much, I would say, a modern goalkeeper in that sense, where you can use, you can play back to her and know that you can maintain possession uh, of the ball. So I think she's going to be equally as useful on both sides of the ball. Um, She's an, she's an incredibly athletic shot stopper. So I would say uh, really similar to one of our previous goalkeepers, um, Cam Stabline, who was also, a you know, an all-conference keeper here. Um, Odie's kind of in her mold, I would say only about five foot six ish, five foot seven, maybe not the tallest goalkeeper, but, uh, really athletic and cover a lot of the goal. Uh, very good technically with her, her technical goalkeeping her technical shot stopping, um, really good leader has been exposed to the highest levels of the game. I mean, she's starting right now for the Dominican Republic playing in world cup qualifiers uh, with the full team. So she's not only coming out of one of the best clubs in the country uh, in match fit up in Jersey, but she's also um, getting international experience playing against some older players as well. Um, You know, the good thing for us is I think we have the perfect, um, I think we have the perfect environment for her right now because we have uh, Maya Reed here who played in one game this past season. Yep. But as somebody who I think has the ability to be to be a, an all-conference goalkeeper herself, um, so I'm really glad that we're going to be able to bring Odie into a situation where um, she can be a part of a really strong goalkeeping core. And if she's ready to play, then great. Uh, and if she's not ready to play, then we're okay, also. Um, I think those I think that's a great situation for her to come into in a place where she can really compete. You know, I can tell you our goalkeepers right now, Maya Reed and and Kelly Chittenden have both had really good falls um, and uh, and I think are both, you know, very capable themselves. So I'm really, really excited for what those three that core of goalkeepers is going to look like because I do think it could be, Uh, this past season I thought we had two of the best goalkeepers in the conference and only one could play. Right. And I think, uh, and again, I think we might be in a situation where we may have two of the best goalkeepers in the conference and, you know, unfortunately only one could play, but um, it's a really good place to be for sure. And then let's talk about her, her teammate, Olivia Hoover. Olivia Hoover. So Liv is uh, another, another super positive kid, just like Odie. I mean, I think for me, that was the biggest thing that stuck out when I first met the two of them was how infectiously, Positive they are. Um, Olivia, it, from a soccer standpoint, is is nothing like Odie. She's not a goalkeeper. <laughs> she, uh, she's she's a, she's an attacking player. She's incredibly pacey, really really fast, super athletic. Um, you know, I would say direct in the way she plays, which I like about her. You know, she gets the ball. She's going to push it past you. She's going to outrun you to the end line. She's going to be really dangerous with her ability to get you faced up to your own goal and whip balls across the top of the six. Um, she is a good old fashioned dynamic, direct attacking player, uh, which I think you need, you know, when you get into the final third of the field, I I think you need some kids that are a bit more direct in the way they play. Uh, and maybe, you know, one track mind mentality of, I want to go to goal. Uh, and live definitely brings that. The other thing I like about Olivia is, um, I think she's more versatile than what her history probably dictates. She is such a good one V one breakdown player that she's always played as a winger in her club career. And I think, um, but I do think that she could probably play in other parts of the field too. I think she could be a killer outside back. I think
0: <laughs> Dwayne, <laughs> Dwayne's Duane's, Duane's big thing is <laughs> turning wingers or forwards from the club level into college outside backs.
2: I mean, listen, what I will tell you is Maria Gentili was an all conference outside back for us. And she was a wide forward for Maryland United before she came here. And then Arna, Arnthra's daughter, was uh, one of the best outside backs in the conference as well back in 2019. And uh, when she played with her pro team in Iceland, she was playing as winger. So uh, she played a little bit of outside back, uh, more than Maria did coming in. But she she definitely was a, you know, she played both positions. So there, there are, uh, Dwayne, I agree with you. There's a lot of similarities. You know, there are kids that can definitely make the transition from, playing a little bit higher up the field to playing a little bit deeper. It's an easier transition to make, to be honest, because, um, you know, I think being good around the goal is as much instinct as it is skill. Um, but, I do think, you know, when, if you can move deeper on the field and have the entire game in front of you, that's an easier transition to make for sure. So yeah, Livia great kid. We're really excited about her. Um, I think the trick with her is going to be figuring out how we want to best utilize her when she gets here, but she's got all the, all the upside in the world. So, um, let's talk about, uh, Layla. Layla. Sally is, she's a, she's a great kid, man. Um, she's coming from FC revolution and, in, in uh, you know, out of Eastern Pennsylvania, smaller club, um, you know, not an ECNL club, maybe not, not a, a, a DA club, but um, but a really well-coached club. Every time I go watch them play, I'm really impressed with the way that their coaches have them playing. So I know that she's getting a really good foundation where she's at right now. Uh, and again, another versatile kid. She's, she's really athletic. She has the unique quality of, you know, I think she might actually move quicker with the ball at her feet than she is without the ball. Uh, she's super explosive. Uh, she's very technical. She's a clean, smooth dribbler of the soccer ball. I love the way that she can progress the ball up the field by dribbling. Uh, I think it's an undervalued quality. I think a lot of the times when we talk about possession and and moving the ball, we always revert back to passing. Uh, she's one of those kids that can move the ball by dribbling, and um, and that's a quality I really like about her. Again, I think she's probably more versatile than than how she's been utilized in in the past, um, and that's not a knock on on you know coaches or anything like that. I just, she's, she is a very good attacking player right now. Um Could she play in more positions probably at the next level? Yeah, sure. So again, another kid who I think has a ton of upside, really blue collar, hardworking kid. Um, and, and we got to figure out the best way to, to utilize her as well. So.
0: All right, we're getting closer to home now. Uh, Maddie Shepherds, who, who we know, she worked, watched a couple of our camps, uh, goes to St. Mark's high school with one of our coaches yeah. as well.
2: Yeah, so Maddie, um, you know, is another kid who I'm hoping will I think this year hopefully be the, the Gatorade State Player of the Year for Delaware. It should be great because we brought one of those in last year, and I think we have a good chance to bring another one in this year. Um, she is more local, which I'm really excited about. Um, obviously, we had great success with with uh, Caitlin St. Ledger and and Sydney Wright this season, and I'm hoping that Maddie will be another in, in hopefully a long line of that. Um, she's a smooth. Uh, possession center midfielder Uh, really good soccer IQ can keep the ball Um, very good at finding the right parts of the field to be in to help your team facilitate possession. She can play probably any of the three center midfield spots. I think there's more versatility to her as well. Uh, And we'll figure out where she's most comfortable when she gets here. Um, But just really high soccer IQ, really good speed of play for a kid uh, coming out of club soccer, which I think is, is a unique quality that she brings. Um, you know, she, she, uh, another kid that has a ton of upside, really ton of upside. And I think quietly competitive, um, you know, not going to be the loudest kid on the field, but really, really wants to win. Uh, and I love that about her. So yeah, another, another really good addition for us. We've had some, some really good center midfielders in the program before. I think she's going to be able to step in and, and help us immediately. Hopefully.
0: Well, and then for her, you know, she's, she's coming off her sister being a pretty good college player. So. herself as <laughs> well with Hannah. Uh yeah. Yep. yeah. So down McDaniel. Yeah. <laughs> so she's uh all right. Um one Delaware player this year, uh Ryan Mundy.
2: Ryan Mundy, um awesome kid. Uh we went through the process actually fairly recently with her uh adding her to the roster. And um I'm excited for her. you know, left-footed kid, mm-hmm. uh really hard-nosed. Um you know, simple in the way that she plays, which I really appreciate about her. So for me, the biggest thing with, with Ryan is going to be growth over her time here. I think she's got a lot of tools and I'm really excited to see her um, put them to good use while she's here and adapt to the level. Um, and I think, you know, if she can be successful adapting to the level, I think she's going to have a great career, but she's a, she's an incredibly hardworking kid, another real blue collar kid. As we went through the process with her, we recognized really quickly that, we could be the right place for her uh, because this is where she wants to be. And, and, and we are the team that she wants to play for. And for me, that's such an important, important piece of this. You know, she didn't just want to play college soccer. She wanted to play at the university of Delaware. And so I think we're going to get her very best and I'm excited to see how she develops over her time here.
0: It's exciting. Uh, You're getting a transfer this year. talk about Emily.
2: So Emily's going to be joining us in a couple of weeks. She's going to be here for the spring season, which I'm really excited about. Um, you know, she was a kid that we were very high on initially in the process. And then she went to University of Maryland, did her undergrad there. Uh, she played a huge role for Maryland. She was playing a lot of minutes every year that she was there. Um, and she played all over the field. I think her versatility was really uh, challenged at Maryland. Um, she was primarily an attacking player going into college. She played quite a bit outside back for Maryland as well. Um, For us, I do think she'll be more on the attacking side of the ball. Um, She's a super high IQ soccer player. Um, She is really good in possession in the middle third of the field, but very good in her movement off the ball in the final third of the field. So I think when we talk about trying to be more dangerous around the goal, I think she's a kid that's going to, with her movement, with her IQ, with her vision – she's going to make us more dangerous around the goal. She can play any of the attacking three spots in a four, three, three. She could play as the attacking midfielder as well. Um, she's not the biggest kid as far as size goes, but she's incredibly fit, incredibly athletic, um, and very, very good on the ball. Uh, so um, she has a knack for scoring big goals big, in big moments. Um, and she's incredibly uh, competitive. She's got she's got one last season in her career. So we're only going to have her for one season, but she'll be here this spring and then into the fall with us. And, uh, and I couldn't be more excited for her because I've always wanted to coach her. I've always wanted her in my program. And now we finally have her. And, uh, and I think she's going to be a really big part of what we do on the attacking side of the ball. That's awesome. it's exciting. Yeah.
0: All right, awesome. let's uh, we're going to go, we're going to go across to the other, to the, to the other side. I'm excited for, for a couple of these players here. Uh, let's talk about Sophie coming from Norway.
2: So Sophie is uh, she's really unique. I'm, I'm not certain we've had a player like her in the program because uh, of some of the things that she can do uh, within the game. So she has played uh, primarily as a left winger in Norway. She's playing in, in the in the top division in Norway. Um, you know she's she's had experience playing against some of the best teams you know in the world. She she one of the first times I saw her play actually was against Manchester United's first team. Um, She's a really good left-footed, left-sided player. Um, she's great dribbling at you and going at you 1v1. She loves to get to the end line. She's pretty athletic. She's very good in the box. Um, she's also a set-piece specialist. So I think that's something that I'm really excited about because um, I don't know if we, we've had really good free kick takers. I don't know if we've had a true specialist and the fact that she's also left-footed on top of it is is really exciting because now I think we're going to have an opportunity when we get into the final third of the field and we get fouled, we'll have an opportunity to put kids that can that are going to be able to score off of free kicks with both feet. Uh, we can put the we can put two kids over the ball, knowing that we have a really great left-footed option and a really great right-footed option. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Really excited about that. But Sophie, it's funny as much experience as she has and as polished as she is in the game, I still think her best soccer is ahead of her. I still think there's another level that she can get to. And I'm really excited for her to step into a role here where I think it can be a bigger role. Um, and, and she can really, you know, she's somebody who I think can really make an impact for us uh, when she gets here. So I'm excited to get her here for sure.
0: That's awesome. That's a, That's exciting. Let's talk about Connie.
2: Connie. Um, Connie is a six foot tall German center back who's playing for Hoffenheim. <laughs> and I think like, honestly, do I really need to say more than that? Wow, um, that's she's, that's she's an incredible. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. She is. She's a really good ball winner. She um, She's coming from a great background in Hoffenheim where at times they're playing in a three back. At times they're playing in, you know, a uh, more traditional four back. And um, so she's played as a center back in a, in a four back. She's played as a center back in a three back. She's played as a right back in a three back. Um, And so she's, she's more versatile uh, than I think she, you know, people would probably see upon first viewing. Um, She's, she's pretty athletic. She can dribble, she can pass. Um, You know, she can step into the midfield if we need her to Um, you know, I'm really, she's just, she is a calm presence on the ball, uh, but then also has a really strong ball winning presence when, when we're going to need her to do that. So uh, somebody who I think has all the traits that we're going to need to, to transition to the game really well.
0: Yeah. All right. One last player. And I think uh, this is the one that when I was reading her, her bio um, I pulled out my, uh, the app that I use for, for looking at soccer scores and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, let's see if she's in here and, boom, there she is. She's on the, she's on the app. So to me, this is a huge, huge addition to your program. Uh, Izzy Lane.
2: Yeah. Izzy is, um, you know, listen, first and foremost, Izzy and I had a, we had a lengthy, really thorough recruiting process. And, um, I would say first and foremost, what she's an amazing kid, like just a really great personality, great sense of humor. Um, Really blue collar in the way she plays. She's got a hardness to her game, which I really love. Um, but when you talk about experience, I mean, this kid is playing in the Super League right now for Tottenham, and she's playing. She's not sitting the bench. Um, and you know, she's starring for their for their U twenty one team. But she's but she's playing substantial minutes with the with the Super League team as well. And so, I'm really really excited about the experience that she's going to be bringing to the table when she gets here. You know. She can score goals. She knows how to make runs in the box from the wide part of the field. She can score goals, um, but she's equally, I think she's going to be just as dangerous um, as a one V one presence out wide and getting balls into the box. Um, Another kid who I think's best soccer is going to be ahead of her uh, for sure. But, um, but for a kid to be, you know, 17 years old playing at the level that she's playing at right now, I think it speaks volumes to how, committed she is to this game and how committed she is to being one of the best, you know, she's got, she's got dreams. And, um, and I think potentially more than any kid I've ever, I've ever worked with. I think at at such a young age, I don't know if I've ever seen a kid as committed and determined to see out those dreams to a reality as, as she is. I'm, I'm, there's already been times just through a recruiting process where I've been so proud of her. And, um, and I'm excited for what she's gonna to bring to us. You know, she's, she's, a, she's a great player. She is, she's a great person. She's definitely gonna make us better. Uh, I'm stoked about that. But, you know, let me, I'll tell you a fun story about her. We were already very deep into the recruiting process with her when she made her debut for Tottenham's first team. And I was able to watch that game on YouTube. Actually, they were streaming the game on YouTube. And I was able to watch that game. And I saw the moment she got subbed into the game and uh, and she's standing at the midfield stripe and she's got, you know, she's in her full kit and they are playing in Tottenham's stadium and uh, they're playing against Arsenal and, uh, and she's getting ready to step onto the field. And I got goosebumps because I know that this was something that she has wanted for so long. Um, and to see her step out into the field and then she got onto the field and not only did she get onto the field, but she made an impact. Um, and it was a really—I can't imagine what type of a moment it was for her. Uh, it was a proud moment for me, and at the time, she wasn't even committed to us yet. Um, and I was already like, "Wow, I'm so proud of this kid." Um, yeah, she's 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 a great kid. We're excited to get her here. I think she's going to fit in really well with the group. Um, I think the girls are going to love her, her personality, her attitude. Um, but yeah, for sure, she's definitely somebody that's going to help on the field too, which is which is great. So.
0: That's awesome. That's exciting. We're we're looking forward to the the, the class of twenty two and in general, just your season. I think <clears throat> again, it's just just like every time you've been on the podcast, a couple of things that stick out are just a how committed you are to the the character of every single player that you're bringing on, um, which I think speaks highly of you, and I think speaks highly of your program. But and I think the other part is how how important it is that everybody kind of fits in together with the group. And I think that's the, that's the key. Um, and you know, with these nine players that you're bringing in, um, you've, I think you talked about it with every single one of them, of like how they fit in, how they're hard workers, how they their work ethic. And obviously these are, these are qualities that, you know, we we've talked about before that you look for in general in players, but it's just, again, it's, it's, it's the consistency of the message is always the same, which I'm, I'm very happy with. I enjoy that. That's that, that to me, like, that's the reason why a, um, I want to watch your training sessions, but B that's why I want to go watch your games. Cause I know what I'm going to, I know what I'm going to see. And I'm, and that's what I look forward to.
2: Yeah. I appreciate that. I really do. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the group. I think, especially, you know, listen, I'm really excited to add these kids for sure. I love all these kids and I think that they're great character kids, great soccer players. I'm I'm stoked about the experience that we're getting with Emily McNesby because I think the, the leadership that we're going to get from her being, you know, a kid that has a full undergrad under her belt already. It's a unique situation to bring a new player in uh, with that type of experience. So I'm excited about that. Um, You know, as I would say with any class, um, we we are going to be a sum of our parts right and so I, what i what i what i want to make clear and you know i never want to overshadow talking about my recruits overshadow the players that are already here we have an incredible group of players that are here already um and you know and and they're getting ready to go into a huge spring for them that i think is is going to be really beneficial where i think they're all really going to turn a corner and it's going to be difficult, but by the end of that spring, I think they're going to find success and then they're going to have a really important job ahead of them because then they're going to add these, these new players um, to the roster in preseason and they're going to have to make sure that these kids are up to the task and ready to hop onto the moving train that they started. Um, so for me, it is really important because yeah, I know we're bringing in talent for sure in this class, but um, you know, all of our players, you're, you're only able to do what your environment allows you to do. And so, um, you know we are we're going to be as successful as as every single player on our roster allows us to be and i think that's the i think that's the most important thing so i am excited i'm excited about what this entire group is going to look like in the fall for sure because i do think you know it's it's a really complete roster that we're going to have on our hands this fall um you know i am really excited for the progress that we're going to be making this spring because i know that there's going to be some sustan- substantial progress that we're going to make this spring so
0: yeah,
2: the group a whole, man, for sure. That's
0: really, that's really good. We're really looking forward to it. Um, all right. So I think, I don't know, we're going to have enough time for our game today. Um, we'll wait for Dwayne to come back on and he'll tell us if we have enough time for our game. But we are going to do, we're going to switch some things around and we're going to do the um, On This Day in Soccer History first. So in um, uh, so 1970, uh, December 10th, 1970, there was a player um, from Argentina and played for Boca Juniors Antonio Retin, and he was uh, the captain of 1966 World Cup for Argentina. Um, he retired and he was the first player in Argentina to ever have a um, uh, a retirement game. So he was the first player in Argentina to have a retirement game. Uh, after 15 years of the club, he retired in 1970. Um, he still He's still around. He's uh, 84 years old. Um, one of the famous things about him, uh, which was interesting, because I think we talked about it on the podcast before. So, in the 1966 World Cup that was in England, um, he was sent off the field by a German referee because uh, he they were they were saying the Argentinians weren't weren't classy enough to be in certain places and he went and sat down on the on the red carpet that was laid out that only the queen of england is about to sit and he just sat on it uh because he didn't really care. <laughs> so uh so that was his uh that was his uh, big fame um that that was uh that was part of it. Um so yeah, so that happened December 10th, 1970. Um so that's exciting. All right, Duane, are you back on? What happened, to you, man? You like disappeared. Now you're on two zooms. What is going on? We're giving you an inside look into the podcast today. uh, <laughs> Well, well, before that happens, I'm going to give my player of the match award. And then after that, ultimately Mike will take over as, as the new co-host of the, the podcast. <laughs> uh, so my player of the match, I have two of them this week. One goes to Boga juniors for winning the uh, Copa Argentina, which is the Argentinian cup, the equivalent of the FA cup. And, um, For winning that, um, ultimately, the last four games that Argentina had or Boca Juniors had to play in that cup, all won by PKs. Um, So exciting. It just goes to show you that if you go down with 15 minutes left to go in the game or 20 minutes left to go in the game, you go down a player, all you got to do is get really, really defensive, uh, never cross midfield, play terrible for 90 minutes, and you can still win a cup. So uh, I'm excited for my team because they're able to win something when they didn't really play all that well. Um, My second uh, player of the match goes to Willie Caballero. Uh, Willie Caballero used to play at Chelsea, played at Manchester City, Um, just signed a one-month contract with Southampton uh, because Southampton ran out of goalkeepers (laughs) because they're all injured. Uh, Two of their three goalkeepers were hurt. Uh, so he signed a one month contract uh, for the entire month of December until like the, the first week of January. Uh, and then he's going to be able to come back on. So big, big congratulations to Willie at 40 years old, coming in for one month. Um, uh, Dwayne's back. Uh, no, no. Like
1: Willie Caballero.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the one month contract.
1: Yeah, man. Journeyman. Talk, <laughs> about, talk about Colin from Philadelphia Union. That's a journeyman right there.
0: There you go. Uh Dwayne, you got a player of the match?
1: Uh my player of the match is definitely Jim Curtin. Uh for taking you know all the cards were stacked against them and taking that group and still grinding out a two-one result. I know when everybody probably was out, everybody was like, oh yeah, NY NYCFC by four. 85 goals, but taking those young guys and inexperienced guys and getting the one result. Not,
0: one right? not young guy.
1: And one not young guy, yeah. The MLS Cup MVP from
0: 2013. Uh all right. Uh Mike, we're gonna put you in the spot. You got a player of the match you wanna you wanna hand out an award to?
2: I don't have a player of the match, but I I would say that I am so excited about the new appointment at Manchester United there's probably nobody I'm like totally fanboying about Ralph Ragnick. So can't wait to see long-term what he does or longer term as you can do as an interim manager. You're um,
0: looking for those big
2: goals. You're looking for that bigger goal. Oh my, I, I can't, I can't wait to see the way that they play. And then like opening up, you know, the news today and seeing that he, you know, he is targeting um, Jude Bellingham and, and Calvin Phillips. And I'm just looking at it. I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to be so much fun to watch. Um, No, I was talking about the fact that he wants to make the goal bigger. Listen, I'm all for it. Why not? Let's do it. (laughs) Score more goals. Did you hear that? that. I did not not hear that, but I would take that in a heartbeat.
0: So he says that um, since soccer was created or football was created, um, the average person is 10 centimeters taller now. So the goal should be bigger. Because now the average person is taller, which makes it the goals are harder to score because goalkeepers are taller than they ever were before.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, I don't have that problem. So (laughs) I'm actually shorter than I've ever been before. So, (laughs) Um, but listen, I'm all for it. If it's going to make the game more fun to watch, why not?
0: Definitely more goals. More more goals. Um, So all right, so fair play of the week. Uh, my fair play of the week, and this is gonna be a little bit sad, but um, my fair play of the week goes out to Alfredo Moreno. Um, so Alfredo Moreno is a player uh, who passed away two days ago, uh, 41 years old, uh, played at Boca Juniors, uh, had a long career in Mexico after that. He was famous in in, in Argentina or famous in Boca Juniors for um, coming into a game. And is one of his first starts um, that he had with Boca Juniors, and scoring five goals in a couple Libertadores game. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, he goes in for a an emergency procedure, um, and they found a a cancerous tumor in his intestines or in his organs, uh, and unfortunately, he he passed away very quickly uh, after that. Uh, so my favorite play of the week goes out to his family and him and. Um, just, uh, I, I think that when things like that happen, it's, it's a constant reminder of like value what you have in that moment. And, uh, um, cause it's easy to say, well, I don't have this and I don't have that and stuff like that. But I think it's about valuing what you have in that moment. Um, so that one kind of stuck out to me. Um, so yeah. All right. Uh, Dwayne, you got a fair play of the week?
1: Yeah. I'm going to give my fair play of the week out to all the Delaware Union parents. Um, just, you know, we always you know expect every player to come to every game, be committed and all that stuff, but we don't, always, we don't always think about the sacrifices that they have to make or the adjustments or the carpools and, you know, the other things, the hotel arrangements and all that stuff. So shout out to the parents for a great fall season and, you know, getting their kids to as many of our events as they physically and possibly can, especially the ones that have multiple kids playing in multiple events or at different fields. Right. At yeah. the same time,
0: shout out to those three kid parents. Yeah, yeah, um, no,
1: absolutely. Shout out to those three kid parents because those are the tough ones. There's only yeah. you only get two parents, right? So. Yeah,
0: it's true. Uh, Mike, you you want to give out a fair play this week?
2: Yeah, I I would give out a fair play award to to my team at the University of Delaware and and to all the athletic teams that I was able to see last night. So last night we had a, a fundraiser called Reps for Kids um, where the entire athletic department was working together. They put together a function to raise money for the be positive foundation. Um, and, and we work with that foundation as a department, um, throughout the course of the entire academic year. And it all culminates at you know, you dance at the end of the year where we, as a, as a university announce how much money we've raised for the be positive foundation over the course of the year. Um, but it was great. I mean, you know after a long semester it was awesome to see all the sports teams get together last night at reps for the kids and and the energy that those kids brought to what they were doing and and i've just always been really impressed by um by how involved my team has been with the be positive foundation how seriously they take it um and how committed they are to trying to do something good for 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 all the kids that are that are in the unfortunate spot of battling cancer and so um that that foundation is is um, you know they're doing such important incredible work and um, and I, I'm so proud of of my players and the role that they've played in it too it was great I, I was I went there last night and I was there for uh, for some of the the some of the function and and it was awesome seeing them at work seeing them uh, really take the bull by the horns and do good for their community it was awesome
0: that's great. That's really good to hear and, and again it's it's one of the standouts of that when we talk about student athletes and that student part and what it takes to be a student athlete and what it takes about be a part of a community. Uh it's not just it's not just when when people from the outside look at it, oh well, you play college soccer and and we've gotten the question, do you get to skip classes all the time or do you get to do this and, then, and it's no, it's more it's, it goes beyond kicking the ball, right? Um and that's ultimately what's going to what's going to stick with, with players and with people ahead of time or later, later in after they're done kicking a ball. So yeah, sure. that's good. All right. Uh, well, um, it's been a, it's been a great episode. Uh, it's been a great episode, Mike. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been fantastic to have you. We cannot wait to, to watch the blue hens play. Um, we're excited for, for everything you're doing. Um, make sure you go follow the Blue Hands on Twitter at Delaware Union WSOC or on Instagram at Delaware WSOC. So, Del- Delaware Women's Soccer. Uh, make sure you follow them on social media. Make sure you follow us on social media Facebook.com slash Delaware Union on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer and on Twitter at the Union Soccer. Diamonds tryouts are on December 20th. So, make sure you follow us on that. Instagram and Facebook at DE Union Diamonds. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.